Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Sue's News coming up here. Hey, we should mention, I don't think I mentioned this yet today because the holiday was yesterday. We just kind of feel like we're getting back into it, but we did not have our fish fry. This will segue into a conversation about snow anyway, but we didn't have our fish fry on Friday because of the weather madness, right? We have our second, but it'll be our first coming up this week in Cottleville. We were at Cottleville last year, so come by and see us. This week, we're at the Knights of Columbus Hall. It's a great location. The food is spectacular. We hope to see you there. Jane will be on the panel. Gene Evans will be on uh, my side of the roundtable, and we will fill the show from there. But we are set up for Cottleville on Friday. Now, uh, Sue, as you remember, because I think your traffic reports were about five and a half minutes on Friday <laughs> afternoon. Well, they were. And that didn't even do justice to what was going on out True. there because it was crazy. Uh, I think there would be a temptation. In, oh, here, here's what I'll do. I'll tell the story this way. When Fred called me, and said, you remember, you're like, are you following this? I'm like, what are you talking about? I look up at the TV. I thought Trump was doing something or uh, who knows. He goes, no, they canceled the fish fry. I'm like, and I knew it was snowing because I could see that it was snowing. And I, <laughs> I thought to myself, well, you know what? I bet the roads are going to be a little slicker than I expect. But I also remember that it was 60 degrees the day before. So I really, realistically, I didn't think there was going to be any issue whatsoever. Well, then we find out. So I get on the road. I leave my subdivision realizing that <laughs> the fish fry is canceled. I have to come downtown. I don't even get out of my subdivision. There's a car that's in the ditch. I get to the end of um, what we call Hillsborough Road. We call it Twisty Turning by these horse farms out there yeah. near Paradise Valley. There's a pickup truck that's already in a ditch trying to get himself out. He gets himself out. I get to 141, and there are cars slipping and sliding. I get to 44. On the other lanes, not eastbound but westbound, by Wally's there in Merritt's. Sure. Wreck that went back miles, right? So— I say that because I'm going to let the school districts, the first thing I said to my wife, I called my wife and I said, go get Alexa right now and get home. And I said, these school districts are effed. And and they were. Yeah, they were. And I knew it right then. But I'm going to say, so um, we had an, a message that went out. I'm guessing other school districts had this as well. Curtis Kane, who is the superintendent at Rockwood, sent a, you know an apology letter out to a certain extent to families yesterday saying, I would like to thank everyone who reached out and those who weighed in on social media about Friday's weather event and school dismissal. I've been reflecting on your feedback and how things unfolded. I'd like to share with you some details. And he goes into some things about the forecast timing and that new information was available mid-morning, blah, blah, blah. Here, here's the bottom line. The, the weather folks screwed this, okay? 
Dr. Kane and the other school districts were in a position just like everyone else. We were caught completely off guard by this because they told us it was going to be a dusting. And then at about 10 a.m. in the morning, they said, ah, maybe one to two inches, right? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I got at least four inches at my house. Yeah, three. Maybe, maybe even more than that. So he says, once the forecast changed, we discussed the potential for early dismissal. We felt dismissing early would put students, staff, and families in more harm's way. It, it might have. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Because you, you could almost, and, and this is what he said, he goes, given the updated timing of precipitation and the forecast has said that it would be done by 2 p.m. That's a very important point because I think that's what everyone thought. Okay, this is going to be a big blast. I even thought to myself, well, this was dumb that we canceled this fish fry. That was my first initial reaction because I thought, it's going to be out of here. Well, it wasn't, and it lingered, and it was a mess for everyone. So I get frustration. Here's what happened in Rockwood. I'll just tell you that in the area that I live in, there is a, right by Paradise Valley, which is a neighborhood but also a golf course uh, in Valley Park, and some people might be familiar. That road that I just mentioned, if you pass my house, which is in St. Louis County, and you go toward Jeffco, there is a 12% grade hill right there. I've ridden up my, on my bike up that hill. Uh, Ooh, that's brutal. The, it, it is brutal. Let me tell you. Barely got up, but that was years ago when I was in shape. But you can't get a school bus up that or oh, down no. that. No. So when they discovered that they weren't going to be able to do this, they actually had parents meet them at like a farm and fleet store on Gravoy because that was the only place they could get the buses. Now, the parents were upset about a lot of this stuff, and I get it because there was confusion. But I really I can't put any of this on Rockwood or the other school districts because I don't think that's where the blame goes. Now, he said this in his email. You, anal- you know, analyze this. You start thinking about if you can do things better. But here's what I'll tell you. You know how much we'd be bitching if on Friday morning yep. they would have called classes off with no precipitation? Yep. They can't win. I, I'd have gone crazy about that, and I think a lot of parents would. So I, I think there are certainly things that you can examine in situations like this, but I can't put any of this on, on the folks at the well, school. I think they did their best. They were sending out emails like crazy about different buses, updating parents as best they could. It was one of those situations, not unlike that stupid ice storm from years ago that caught us off guard, and that was on a Friday as well. Well, 70, as you recall, was completely shut down at Wright City, and I got a a text, or actually a tweet or an X or whatever you get now, uh, from Keith, who said, I got caught up in that 70 eastbound mess on Friday. It Westbound was closed, but eastbound was jammed for miles. He got stuck at 4.30 p.m. between Jonesburg and Warrenton, got home to Wentzville 13 hours yep. later I heard at 5.30 in the morning. I heard from some people that were coming from Columbia that it took him eight hours, eight uh-huh. hours to mm-hmm. get. So uh, if you got home, if you had a minor inconvenience on Friday, I think you consider yourself lucky yeah. because it was really bad for some people. And, and you just hope that, you know, I guess I said this last hour. Fred, I don't know if you were in here when we said this. This weather is just unbelievable right now for February, and it continues. we got some days in the 70s coming up. Next week, uh, March is going to suck. Oh, don't we're gonna don't you just think it's going to be we're terrible pay in March, unfortunately. Let's do this here. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, MrAppliance.com. I went to uh, get out the garage door today to come here, and it, it actually had happened when I biked in. I pressed the garage door opener, it went, and it went up about a quarter of the way and no further. Oh, that's the worst. So then I push it to go back down, it goes down, and I push it again, it only goes up a quarter of the way. So I'm picturing myself trying to shove the bike underneath and then rolling in, and then I thought, you know, you have a gate at the front, it'll be okay. But I had 
<laughs> all these pictures. Finally, I hit it again and shoved it, you know, just kind of followed it up, and that worked. But for a while, I thought, I'm completely out of luck. I'll never. And then it happened again before I tried to get here in the afternoon, and I had to shove the garage door open. But See, that's going to shake your confidence from now on. It, uh, so I called the garage door people at right, and they're going to come fix it. I'm wondering, though, if it's the temperature stuff. Really cold, then it's warm. Oh. You know, maybe the, I don't know. I don't know anything about garage doors, but at least I made it. Uh, this today is National Cherry Pie Day. I Ooh. thought Fred might like that. Fred, you like cherry pie? I Apple's like your cherry favorite. pie, but your apple pie is the best. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Abby, cherry pie. Oh, yeah. Love cherry pies. Doesn't that remind you, Mark, of those ones at McDonald's? That's what I think oh, of yeah. when I think of oh, cherry yeah. pie. And you know, yeah. and they were super hot, and, and you got them, and they would you know, burn your mouth. I back burn in the day. They would burn your mouth. Yes. But you had all that delicious oh, cherry so good. goop in your mouth, so you oh, didn't really care, right? So delicious. All right, on this day in history, 42 years ago, we've got a little music that goes with this. In 1982, Pat Benatar and her guitarist, Neil Geraldo? Geraldo. Geraldo. Geraldo, Geraldo, her husband. They got married, so in honor of that, I'm playing this. Oh, okay. Running with the shadows of the night. So, baby, take my hand, it'll be all right. Surrender all your dreams to me tonight. They'll come true. I like Pat, and I saw her in concert back then and actually met Neil. We've interviewed Neil before, but um, here's the deal. Uh, Uh Uh-oh, there's a deal? Well, she doesn't do Hit Me With Your Best Shot in concert because she thinks it's somehow a gun issue. It's the dumbest thing ever. I'm tired of hearing it, so I'd be fine with that. Well, that's fine, too. (laughs) If that was the reason, I'd be okay with it because we've heard it way too much. uh, We'll hear every other song. Her voice is amazing, but that's a pretty incredible... Rock and roll marriage for 42 to years. To last that long. Yeah, I mean, right. you've got to be impressed by that. And on this day in history, 34 years ago, that's in 1990, that'll freak you out enough, the Scorpions oh. album Best of Rockers and Ballads. Got another one here, huh? Here they go. So this was 1990? Well, no, it was before that. But this compilation, Best of Rockers and Ballads, featuring Rocky Like a Hurricane, Big City Nights, and No One Like You, was certified gold. There you go. And that was in 1990, just 30. I like like little scorpions now again. Yeah, me too. And, uh, well, I'm just going to move on to this. Okay, the Navy has lifted its ban on sailors putting their hands in their pockets. I did not know this was a thing. (laughs) Excuse me? Uh Uh-huh. It's a major win for sailors who never knew what to do with their hands, apparently. But uh, It's a major win for sailors who want to play with their junk um, when they're putting their hands in their pockets. Well, if you have to stand with your arms at your sides all the time, I don't know. The service memo says, quote, Sailors are authorized to have hands in their pockets when doing when doing so does not compromise safety nor prohibit the proper rendering of honors and courtesies, which is very nice. Uh, they also announced a few uh, uniform changes, including the return of the female combination cover. And I had to look that up just to see what it was. It's a removable cover that allows you to switch between khaki and white cover. Without the need to own two hat frames, Fred. You can oh, write yeah. that down. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I've got both hat frames. Of so course. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Women in the Navy can now wear fake eyelashes. 
<laughs> oh, you couldn't do that before? No, you couldn't do that before. And Or eyelash extensions that, quote, project a natural appearance and are no longer than 14 millimeters in length as measured from the eyelid to the tip of the eyelash. Who's it's measuring? Yeah, no, I, who's going to police that, right? But I thought that Secretary was... Secretary of the Navy has important things to do. <laughs> right. To measure some eyelashes to make sure we're all prepared. Oh, that I sounds just... like a memo that should be coming out. Which, well, speaking maybe. of which, permission to call an audible on Sue's News. Uh, yes, please. So this was something that got exposed. The State Department issued a memo that cautioned staff against using terms like this, brave men and women, uh, um, on the front lines, manpower, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, mother, father, Son, daughter, husband, wife. Instead, use brave first responders, not brave men and women. Labor force. Everyone. You all. Don't use you guys. You all. Parents, not mother and father. Child, not son or daughter. Uh, Not husband and wife. Spouse or parent. So uh, I I don't. Spouse or what? Maybe I cut that one off. That doesn't make any sense. Spouse or partner, maybe? Partner. That's it. Sorry. I cut the. It was the picture of the (laughs) screen capture I said. Fred actually sent me the same screen. It was so funny. You sent me that this morning. I had just taken a picture of it because I wanted to remember (laughs) it. Now, this is Matthew Miller from the State Department, kind of. Sh- you know, shrugging this off a little bit, saying, oh, that's just standard government, blah, 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 memo. Uh, why do you think a memo like that was needed? So I will say, first of all, when it comes to these types of cables, they all come out with the secretary's signature on it. Um, that tends to be standard department practice, has been for uh, years. It doesn't mean that it's a uh, uh, necessarily a memo from the secretary himself. I would say if you look at that memo, as I have done, uh, it's a standard government practice to try to encourage just people just to be respectful oh of others uh, and use the terms that uh, with which others are comfortable and talk to people the way that they uh, would like to be addressed and nothing more than that. No. Shut the F up. I'm going to use brave men and women. I'm going to say manpower. I'm going to say you guys. I'm going to say ladies and gentlemen, shut up and stop it. It's such nonsense. I'm so sick and tired of it. I know. I can't wait till someone calls me out for misgendering them. I almost want it to happen. Because my phone's coming out. I probably get fired. Fred, you'll be done with me (laughs) for once and for all. But I'm so sick and tired of it. These trans activists are so selfish. They really are. And I've said this before privately, and I'll say it now. You know, I had, and I've I've made this clear, I've had friends since I was 16 years old, good personal friends and mentors who have been gay. And you know what they didn't do? After decades of uh, not being able to come out and and being uncomfortable with family, they never played the victim card. They never played the damn victim card. These trans activists and the rest of the alphabet mafia, they play the victim card all the time. It's sickening. And the older gays, by the way, they know you're playing the victim card, and they're embarrassed by it too. So there you go. BuzzFeed has put together a list of jobs famous people had before they made it. I always enjoy these. I can't explain why. But Margot Robbie... Uh, she made sandwiches at Subway. <laughs> I, I, Boy, I would have gone to that Subway. Right? I mean, every maybe three times a day. I really would have. Because of her sandwich-making talent. Yes. <laughs> uh, Amy Poehler worked at an ice cream shop, which just, I can picture her in a uniform of that right now. I can now. do that, too, actually. You, know, yeah, you, there's you, something you could about just it. see her smiling. And her smile, and, yeah. yeah. She'd be smiling and handing out ice cream. I could see it. Melissa McCarthy worked as a Starbucks barista. Adam Driver served in the Marine Corps for two years. I can kind of see that, I can too. too. I thought that dude. was kind of cool. Oh, this is the kill. Well, that's a bad phrase. Let me try it this way. This is the most entertaining. Whoopi Goldberg was a morgue beautician. <laughs> oh really? My. How about that? That's kind of worthy of a, a just 
I don't know, another movie, at least a side form. Well, who are you? Well, I work as a morgue beautician. Terry Crews worked as a, car- a courtroom sketch artist, which is really cool. Yeah, that's that big, beefy guy. Yeah, right? I love yeah. Terry yeah. Crews. He's funny. And Matthew McConaughey. This is so perfect for Mark. I just, I actually guffawed when all I right, read it. All right, all right, all right. He was an armadillo exterminator <laughs> for our country club. Down in Texas. Yes, that's perfect. I love that. Uh, Sue's News is brought to you by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Go to MrAppliance.com. They will take care of you. And finally, in Sue's News, today's random fact. On Sesame Street, Cookie Monster's cookies contained no oils, no fats, sugars, anything like that because they would stain the Muppet. Instead, they're made of pancake mix, puffed rice, instant coffee, grape nuts, and water with colored globs of glue for the chocolate chips. And there you have it. That's it for Sue's News. Thank you, Sue. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon. We'll have our friend Alex Rich from Y98 in here in the 5 o'clock hour. David Strom from HotAir.com. He actually highlighted something with the trans movement that's happening in his city, which is Minneapolis. And he's written about a bunch of other stuff I want to highlight. That's coming up. Kusumano, we skipped him on the holiday yesterday. He's coming up at 445. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We skipped Kusumano yesterday because of the holidays, so he is going to visit with us in about 15 minutes. I'm very, very um, unhappy with the news that came out yesterday about Desiree Reed Francois, who was the athletic director of Mizzou, who's going to Arizona. I liked her quite a bit, and I think there's some things that happen behind the scenes that aren't too cool at my alma mater. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. Let's welcome to the fray this afternoon David Strom, associate editor with HotAir.com up in Minneapolis. David, how are you this afternoon? Well, first of all, I'm very proud to show up with some of your other guests. I mean, Peter Berkowitz, uh, Riley Gaines. I mean, these are, you know, serious people. And then little old me. Well, <laughs> I don't think you're little. It's not li- If we're being honest, can I make a weight joke since you always embrace? It's not little old you, Dave. Let's face it. It's big no. old you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm short and fat and bald. So. <laughs> Hey, are you getting – here's what I got in my uh, my texting box here, just my phone. Um, action required. Mark, I'm just wondering if this is happening to you. Please read this secure message from Donald Trump Jr. And I'm getting a lot of Nikki Haley messages as well. Do you get those? I must have signed up for something because I get these calls and these text messages all the time. And I'm sure – I know it's like Nikki personally texting me, you know, just checking exactly. in on Exactly. Yeah. You know, and the Donald. No, I don't get them anymore because every time I do, I text back, stop. 
uh, you know, uh, I, it, for a while. Uh, I think that's what I need to. Um, I think that's what I need to do, and I just deleted it. But I think um, I think I need to uh, to do that because I keep getting these messages, which I love. Anyway, let's yeah. talk about some things it, here. Sure. Let's. Um, Riley Gaines is coming up, as you mentioned, and I'm looking forward. I actually did the. I cheated a little bit, David. I uh, did the interview when I was filling in for Brian Kilmeade on his national show yesterday, and she was fantastic. And we we're talking about that, but I did. Um, intend and i didn't do this in the interview so it won't be doubled up i intended to bring up your piece from the other day where you talked about how minnesota has become sort of a a trans refuge state hasn't it similar to the yeah, uh, uh to the cities that are welcoming the uh, the migrants right oh it's it's even worse than that because you know the with the sanctuary cities out there uh, all they're doing is uh, saying we're not going to hand them over to ICE or Homeland Security or whomever. Uh, whereas here, they're actively recruiting uh, kids to come here to transition up to and including violating court orders in other states and custody orders, things like that. So a parent can actually kidnap their child and bring them here you know they don't have custody but they can bring them here to get transgender treatment and the state will defend them well, well this is the state offering money or are they i mean obviously if there's a legal defense they well, would provide that right well what they do is uh it doesn't go that far as long as they're in the state they will not execute any court orders they will not uh, you know, let's say that uh, uh, they're supposed to be extradited back because they've kidnapped a child who, who they don't have custody of or sole custody of or whatever. Uh, and, but the state of Minnesota will not cooperate. So uh, and you, you, your numbers in here are really staggering. And, you know, we have a situation here in St. Louis that was exposed a year ago with Jamie Reed, the whistleblower that wrote about Washington University and Children's Hospital. But you cite even your Minneapolis Star Tribune that you have clinics that were strained by the expansion of demand within the state. So the, uh, the uh, numbers are Family Tree Clinic in Minneapolis offering hormone treatments for nearly a decade. They see 3,000 patients a year for 7,000 appointments. And they said those numbers are rising, right? Oh, yeah. The, they now have huge wait lists that go up to a year. Uh, and a lot of this, by the way, does get paid for by our uh, uh, state medical uh, uh, assistance. Uh, it obviously varies depending upon whether you qualify or not. Uh, and you have to put this in context. I mean, there was a, uh, you know, whatever you think, uh, and I'm very clear, I oppose all of this. Uh, As do but, I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even if you think in principle, it's a good thing to provide this gender affirming care uh, WPATH, the World Professional Association for Transgender Healthcare, uh, just had a presentation by one of their leading surgeons who basically said that a very large number, because of the explosion uh, of care that is supposedly needed, a lot of the doctors out there have no idea what they're doing. They haven't been trained. Uh, they don't know how to do this. Uh, they're just jumping on a bandwagon. And now you're getting this explosion in various states where we're sending kids 
for these highly experimental, very dangerous types of care. Uh, and we're sending them to doctors who are amateurs and not even practiced amateurs. It, it's it. child abuse. There, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. It's just absolutely child abuse, and it's dangerous, and it needs to be stopped. Our attorney general here in Missouri is doing his best, and, um, you know, you live in a socialist communist state, so I don't know if I can really help you, David Strom. Well, uh, the only thing I can do now, I mean, I've spent 25 years uh, trying to help turn the state around politically, and I'm doing what a lot of other, uh, you know, conservatives and even moderates are doing, which is planning to leave. Uh, and there has been an exodus. Uh, and what generally happens in this sort of great sort that takes place is, you know, uh, middle and upper income people come in. And then in a state like Minnesota, a lot of the people who flow in actually need more services. So the government uh, is basically uh, trading productive citizens for less productive citizens. Uh, and we've got a very good economy here in the state of Minnesota, but this has just been a trend. We've lost several uh, Fortune 500 uh, headquarters because of our tax environment, and it just can't go on forever. What what the hell happened? Like, you look at Minnesota right now. I'm sorry, um, Michigan right now, too. Michigan and your state, very, very unique in some of the challenges, certainly compared to Missouri and some of the states to the south. It's I, I don't know what you would attribute that to, the, the liberal takeover. I mean, you've always had that reputation. There's no doubt. I mean, I remember being up the night of the election in 1984 when Walter Mondale barely scraped by winning Minnesota after only winning the uh, District of Columbia. But what what the hell? I don't get it, David. I, I guess it's just why are there such stark political differences in your state? Well, you know, it's interesting. Like many uh, similar states, this would be true in Washington and Oregon and even to a certain extent in California, you basically got two states in one. Uh, you've got the urban cores, uh, which have become increasingly liberal, very leftist. And here in Minnesota, uh, you know, we've had this huge influx of uh, refugees. They recruit them to come here. And then they, the Democrat Party here uh, is very good at recruiting, basically by handing out huge subsidies. Uh, and developing constituencies, which is why we have Ilan Omar, who represents Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, the, what's happened is, is that the suburbs, which used to be Republican and they provided the swing vote, have also moved left. And so you've got, uh, you know, in practical terms, uh, on presidential levels and on statewide elections, uh, you wind up with Democrat majorities. Not huge, generally, but Democrat majorities. Uh, the state is, you know, but you can often get in the legislature, the legislature keeps going back and forth oh, between you, the Republicans. Oh, okay. That's interesting. But dominated, mainly dominated, though, by, by Democrats. I mean, we have the opposite here because we have a supermajority of, um, of Republicans. This is interesting. So I have a friend in Minneapolis who, who just right before your segment texted this. Um, can I ask a political question? 
He says, why can politicians say whatever they want to say and not be held accountable for inaccurate information, mostly directed at Trump? Surprise. This is a liberal friend. I think Trump knows his MAGA audience is so dumb that they don't care if he spews lies. I find it so hard to swallow that anyone, let alone a former president, can say anything without consequences. Again, this is directed for anyone that holds public office, but especially Trump. Well, my point is, <laughs> wait, I, here's my response was, you're killing me. You watch too much CNN. And I just think that the the thing is filtered. Trump says things that are nonsense. We know that, right? But let's face it, the other side, every single day, if they can get the words out, I mean, this president can't even get words out. You don't know what he's saying. But this is what's interesting to my... to to my liberal friend, and I've actually had conversations with him about this before. Everything he sees, now he claims he's not watching CNN, he's seeing clips. Well, he's seeing clips on what, TikTok or Twitter? They're still produced by news sources. There's still bias in their spin that's involved. And I get, I would gather that he's not putting the same microscope on Joe Biden or some of the people on the left, wouldn't you? The border is secure. The border is secure. Oh, that's a good point. You know, uh, there's not I've a lie. There's no lie her. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all the time, every day. And I don't want to defend Trump because he says a lot of truly absurd things. Uh, but first of all, a lot of people, I mean, uh, a lot of it's taken out of context. Uh, and uh, a lot of Trump's people know that his mode of communication is hyperbole. He actually doesn't expect people to, you know, take it as gospel, what he says. Uh, Well, it's like the dictator line. I mean, I I have people on my show citing that he's going to be a dictator. Good Lord. How how long has this guy been around? You know that his tongue is firmly planted in his cheek in a lot of instances. You know, and and I've even been one, even as someone who's criticized Trump on a lot of the nonsense, to defend the whole Charlottesville thing, because I think that was mangled. You know, the the good people on both sides, that was completely misinterpreted. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, so a lot of it really is just context and the fact that uh, Trump trolls, uh, you know, whatever you think. And I'm not a big fan of his trolling. Uh, I, I actually, you know, I'm from the old. You know, I grew up with Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, who was deeply serious and, you know, wouldn't almost never he'd joke, but he wouldn't troll. Uh, And Donald Trump, that's part of what he does. But when Mayorkas gets up there and says, you know, the border is secure or, you know, the 51 intelligence officials coming out and saying the, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian propaganda. They expect you to buy that book, line, and thinker. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, the amount of – this is – the frustrating part to me is the the amount of things – now, my friend's going to claim that, you know, he's watching this stuff unfiltered. It is not possible to watch the news cycle unfiltered. It's It's just not possible. So everyone's got their sources. Everyone wants to have things reinforced. But good Lord, if you think that the lying or the manipulation is only happening on one side of the equation, need to open your eyes for sure. Uh, David Strom, always great to have you on. Check out my Riley Gaines interview. It's pretty good. It's coming up here in about 15 minutes. I will do so. You're online. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Follow you. I appreciate right, it. We'll see you later. You. Oh, yeah, a little crowded house to bring back in here at 451. Um, we thought we had Kusumano, but he might have been confused because today's a Tuesday, not a Monday. Yeah. He's usually on on Monday, so he might. I'm not going to put the blame on Frankie. He might have just uh, let it slip 
his mind. Hey, do you like um, John Oliver? You know, he's got that show. I don't really on ever watch HBO. I, I don't really. He's okay, right? I think he's he's funnier than Trevor Noah. Well, but, so are most people. Well, that's a good point. But I, I don't know. I don't get really much of his humor in his show. But he uh, is. And this is maybe something for attention. I was trying to think through this, and part of me was like, wait, John Oliver has enough money to do this? And then I thought, well, there's no risk in an offer like this. So do you know what I'm talking about yeah. here? He wants to get rid of uh, Clarence Thomas. They have oh, come you know, the, the liberals have their boogeyman on the Supreme Court, and that is Clarence Thomas. So he had an offer for Justice Thomas. He will pay him $1 million per year if he steps down from his post immediately. Now, I think he's only given him like 30 days. You deserve a break. You know, away from the meanness of Washington. So you can be surrounded by the regular folks whose lives you've made demonstrably worse for decades now. And the good news is, I think we can help you there. Because since your favorite mode of travel might be in need of an upgrade, we are excited to offer you... All right, so you know, I don't know if you know this about uh, Clarence Thomas, but he, after the term ends in June, he is a big motor coach and he goes across the country, comes here to Missouri. He used to work in Jeff City many years ago, but he'll go through the country with his wife and and see this great land. So um, John Oliver, I I think it's kind of a bit, again, what's the chance he's got a lifetime appointment? I don't think Justice Thomas is going to take him up on his offer. However, not a bad offer. It's like a million dollars per year, and he says that he can come up with the uh, the money. I love this, though. Um, and by the way, it's a million dollars a year until either of them die. Uh, he says, this is the perfect way to find out who your friends <laughs> really are. Uh, he says the offer expires in 30 days. Now, I'm going to play a little audio here from Clarence Thomas, which I love. I'm so I uh, He's still going on. There's John Oliver. See, I cut that bit short. I don't know if this was from this past week or not. But it doesn't matter because the bit and his point here still holds. One of the things I'd say in response to the media is when they talk about, especially early on, about the way I did my job. I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. (laughs) And that was meant as a compliment. Yes. We've neglected this side of the room. As well. Oh, gosh. All the way over here, yes. <laughs> it really is good to be me. It really is. <laughs> I had to let that, uh, when, I, when I sent that to Abby this morning, I said, well, you got to let that roll out because I think there was a tendency you could cut that soundbite off. And, yeah, but then yeah, he yeah. kind of laughs and he just takes great joy in it. And I completely appreciate that being a, a fan of not only Clarence Thomas, but a fan of anyone who wants to rip the media bias that's out there. You know who's great at ripping the media bias? Riley Gaines, former NCAA swimmer. She is really a hero on this trans issue. She's been brave going across the country. She was here in St. Louis recently. She also has, I didn't know about her book, and I chatted with, I got to cheat a little bit here because I can't tell people that this interview is coming up without being honest about the fact that I did this interview with Riley yesterday when I was filling in for Brian Kilmeade on his syndicated show. And I was unaware, and I told her this. I said, look, I, I'm like the biggest Riley Gaines super fan. You know, Sue. I talk yeah. about her all the time, and I love what she does uh, for a variety of reasons. One being I have a little girl about to turn nine who's a big swimmer as well. But she wrote a new book called Happy No Snakes Day, which is a kid's book. And we'll talk to Riley about that. That's coming up after 5 o'clock. Get more at 971talk.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 